What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the NHL Pens Podcast. I'm Avery. I got Demetri here as well. Uh, we're going to be jumping into this episode with talking about the Penguins' first game of their NHL season. Um, I think everybody was hoping we'd go 82-0, and but Penguins had other plans for us. We got spanked by the Buffalo Sabres 3-1 to at home. Connor Sherry had two goals. And the Penguins looked like they were playing the New York Islanders in Game 5 of a best of 10 series. Uh, was not was not a good good performance for the Penguins overall. Malkin's line was the best by far. Uh, Matt Murray was probably the best player by far. I'm going to let Dimitri talk about his thoughts now on the game. Well, I mean, you're pretty much covered it, but yeah, the Penguins were awful, and that's exactly what I thought too. When I was watching the game, it, it instantly reminded me of the Penguins versus Islanders series, uh, and that's a great way you put it. Game five, it's a continuation. Uh, but yeah, Penguins played awful, uh, just couldn't get anything going. I don't think I remember seeing them at least in any part of the game where they dominated, like where they had a stretch of domination, and that's exactly what happened in the playoffs last year. So uh, that's a very good comparison. Uh, at least Murray was good, though. Uh, we want him to have a good year, a good start to the year, especially what happened uh, last year, his, his start last year. Uh, we need him to get off to a good start. And at least, you know, Penguins played terrible, uh, but there is some positives there. Uh, Murray was the best player. The second line was good. Malkin, like you said, was good. So hopefully we get a bounce back here from him. And uh, the, the Penguins played terrible, but at least they made up for it with the second game that they played, which was last night. Seven to win. Yep. Um, we will talk about the game in a second. Uh, but that, let's just talk about the first game, for what we both noticed. Chris Letang. Oh, my God. I I have, like, I, I was telling Dimitri before we recorded this and stuff. I have never wanted and been so pissed off after a first game loss Ever. Ever. Uh, it was just a frustrating game to watch overall. The power play went 0 for 5, I think, or it went 1 for 5 or something like that. I know Malkin scored on the power play. Um, our defense was horrible. Um, Jack Johnson was horrible. Mike Sullivan had Patrick Hornquist up on the first line for whatever reason, which it's too bad because the second game Hornquist scored twice, which is makes no sense. But the first line just looked sluggish. Crosby didn't really look like himself uh, the whole game. Gensel, eh. Like we said, Malkin, the second line, was really the best one. Um, Matt Murray. Um, of course, you see the people ripping on Matt Murray like they usually do. But, you know, uh, you can't really. But other than that, I think our defense was horrible. And we can't win hockey games with one line producing offense. So, and a power play that just gives over turnovers and turnovers and turnovers. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. the first game. See, it's tough to talk about the first game and talk about all the problems when uh, you watch the second game. But the way we're talking about this, uh, we're keeping with the pretending like the second game hasn't happened yet. So yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, Penguins, whatever your complaint was about them last year was just applied to this game, the first game. And it really does suck because if you think of it, I think we put a lot of pressure or a lot of expectations on the first game because at the end of the day, it's just one of 82. And the Penguins could have had a game like that and that game could have been game number 39 of the season. And we would have just been, okay, bad game, move on. But because it happened at the beginning, first game of the year, you know, first impressions, right? Everyone's just, it, it mattered a little bit more. But I, I think we shouldn't put too much... Uh, thought into that loss yeah. because penguins are going to have those losses they're, they're always going to have those losses they've been having them even when they were winning the cups they had those losses so that's why i wasn't uh, too quick to jump on the you know trade everybody type of mentality yeah because uh, exactly why you wait you wait and you see what they did in the second game now you're like oh wait <laughs> are they bad are they good you don't and, know you have to wait and then the second game the penguins returned to form they looked like a the Stanley Cup team um, that we've been waiting so long for, or not so long for, um, just the team waiting to see um, seven and seven to two. They scored a they scored a touchdown, and they probably could have beat most of the NFL teams that played. They beat the New York Jets. Let's put it in perspective. Um, <laughs> overall, it was a good good bounce back game. Hornquest had two goals. 
Uh, McCann had two goals, I believe. Um, blanking on who else had goals. Um, Marcus Patterson. Patterson. Uh, we th Bluger. everybody thought Jack Johnson had one. Uh, the Tang had one. Bluger had one. Um, and then Hornquist had two, like we said. So overall, it was a good, good. It was definitely a very good bounce back game for the Penguins to play. Um. Um. I mean. Chris Letang, the only thing I would say, Chris Letang getting 24 minutes of ice time, that game's a bit too much considering the fact that if he gets hurt, the Penguins would sort of be in a situation where they are missing out on their top defenseman. Other than that, um, Malkin and Bukestet, um are hurt. No updates on them yet. Um, the last time I checked... Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what goes on with them, especially Malkin, because uh, it would suck if he he's out for a majority of the season for some stupid injury. Yeah, um, especially after uh, we were hoping for a, a bounce back year, he gets injured game number two. Uh, and the way he got injured, right, trips over, I believe, Latang or one of the Penguins, and then awkwardly into the boards. Yeah. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think it should be too long, but at the same time, those type of injuries, you could see them be out for – you know, like a pulling something or whatever, and they're out for three to five weeks or four to six weeks. I hope it's the opposite of that. Hopefully, it's at most a few weeks. Uh, hopefully, maybe it's a game time decision type of thing, and you know, he'll miss one game, two games, and then he'll be back by next week. Or because uh, I don't want to see Malkin yeah. go down. Or come Monday, he's and on the or, or come Monday, they're both on the ice skating, flying around. It's like nothing happened, which would be ideal. Um, but you never know. I mean, that would be the best option. It just sucks for Malkin, too, because after he played game one and how he looked like he was playing in the second game, too, it just stinks because how I think Malkin, if he keeps up his pace, he's going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him down the stretch. And Matt Murray played another uh, solid game for the Penguins, too. Uh, defense and was better. It was interesting to see what Sullivan would have done with the lines afterwards and putting Johnson and uh, Gerbranson on the same defensive pair was made me a little bit nervous at first, but after watching the game, I was like, yeah, if they can play like that every night, uh, I'd, I'm okay with that. Um, and then the Penguins will be playing the Jets this Thursday uh, at the at the pink can, so it'll be interesting to see. The Jets are sort of struggling right now, um, so that should be a good game as well. Yeah, the Jets lost pretty much their entire top four. Uh, everybody's gone there. The Jets, for me, don't they don't scare me as much as they used to. They're still a good team, you know. Patrick Liney, you got to fear. Uh, they still have their forwards, but I think the Penguins should be able to beat the Jets. There's no reason why they should lose. It's... Uh, you know, and a lot of people said that uh, with the Columbus game too that's what I said there's no way they lose versus Columbus uh, that's the thing the Penguins need to, they need to start beating the teams that they, they should beat uh, I think Buffalo is a game you should have beat but then again who knows maybe Buffalo is a good team now again we say this every year we don't know uh, they've improved their young guys are getting older maybe they're a good team this year who knows but Columbus is a team you need to beat and they did they, they not only beat them they destroyed them Winnipeg is a team that you would have trouble with maybe last year and the year before but this year just looking at it on paper right Penguins should win, but obviously hockey is not won like that. You have to play the game. So, you know, obviously, I, in my opinion, I think if the Penguins play their best, they're up there with Tampa, you know, teams like a Toronto. I honestly think they can beat those teams if they're at their best. Because, if they're you know, at their best come playoff times, I hands down think the Penguins will win those hockey games because of experience. Yes, exactly. Toronto has a really solid top three, but that's like – Sixty million dollars of their cap space invested into three players, where the Penguins don't have that much money invested in people. They have things invested in, eh, that sometimes decide to play one good game out of eighty-two. But <laughs> it's and the Penguins definitely have a better roster. They're not the best roster in paper, but when they are at their t t potential, and they definitely have the scariest team in the NHL. Um. So yeah, it should be interesting to see. And Dom, what do you think about Dominic Kahn's play too? I wasn't too impressed. Oh, with I actually him the, really liked him though. I wasn't really impressed with him the first game. Uh, the second game, I thought he was flying around out there. Yeah. 
and really one of those. And Tanev, too, he's been, I like, I, Tanev, if he can play like that for a majority of his contract years, the Penguins did a really good job of tr- signing him to the team, especially playing on the line with Malkin and Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk hasn't scored yet, but he's been noticeable, throwing his body around, doing some sick passes, and then Crosby was back to Crosby on Saturday. It was with that sick goal. So it'll be yeah, what a play. Yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, from this point on. Yeah, but actually, uh, going back to the Tanev thing, I really do agree with uh, with the what you said there. Brandon Tanev is uh, him and Galchenyuk. They they need to stay on the line with Malkin, and it's actually unfortunate that if Malkin does miss time, uh, but whatever, you need to keep them together because so far from the first two games, I'm gonna say they've been up there, and you know, as of the Penguins' top players, they've been playing really good and. The thing is with Brandon Tanev, I think everybody got a bad impression from him only because of the years that he was given in free agency, right? Six years. And I saw a tweet. This guy, I forget who it was. It was just a random tweet that appeared on my on my timeline. Somebody tweeted, oh, you know, Brandon Tanev is really, really good, but why six years? And I don't get why that's really a problem. Uh, obviously, the longer you go in years, the it, it brings the price down more. If you had people two years, I'm pretty sure he wants more than 3.5. Uh, six years, I, don't get me wrong. It's way too long. It's about three years too long. But the Penguins are in a window. To, even the Jack Johnson thing, I'm not going to defend it, but the reason they went five years was to, you know, they, they picked the wrong defenseman to do it with, but they're trying to get the price down. At this point of the Penguins, where they are right now, I don't care if they give contracts that long because, first of all, I think that's a tradable contract. Let's say, well, let's go three years from now. Then it's going to be three years at 3.5. Brandon Tanner was never a bad player, I think, and everybody that was complaining about him, they just looked at the contract. Because it's not even six years of you know five million dollars or whatever. It's a six-year deal of three point five. Uh, it's a movable deal, I think, if you need to. But he can also jump in your in your top nine from the first line to the fourth to the third to the. He can play everywhere, and he showed it in in, in the second game. And uh, I think if he plays like that, it'll overlook the six years. I think you know he's not a bad player. He never was. It just the the term was a little too long, and I think that's just the problem. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um... Especially, too, with Tanev, I think some of the people looked at his age, too. Um, but I definitely think he has the potential to be a replacement for a Chris Kunitz or Pascal Dupuis. Uh, so I think he's going to be a value aspect uh, for the Penguins down the road. And also, too, another thing that I want to point out, too, after the loss against Buffalo, a lot of people are saying... Oh, you need to put Tanev and the Galchenyuk with Crosby. It's like, no. You got to leave him with the most Mike Sullivan thing they would have done is moved Hornquist down to the second line and moved Tanev or Galchenyuk to a third line. <laughs> it's like, that's... And then move McCann up to the first line, which I think McCann should be playing on the first line. Um, and... And I think he does a good job. I just don't. I don't think Patrick Hornquist should be up there yet. If he continues to score like he did Saturday, absolutely put him up on that second line or first line. Doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, I don't think Patrick Hornquist for me. Uh, he has one bad year or one iffy year. It wasn't yeah. even bad. It was just. It was just. Eh, you know. I yeah. think it's just the contract that he was given. He should. I think we shouldn't. Uh, Look at Hornfist as oh, it's Hornfist now, the bad aging player. I think he could still put up twenty twenty five, uh, and he showed that in that on the second game. He deflected the. It's like what we saw in Hornfist was what we love in Hornfist, right? The first goal deflection, how many goals does he score like that? And then the second goal finishing off a beautiful play from Crosby again. How many goals does he score like that? So if he could just pick up those, you know, type of. The, I don't think any of those goals look pretty except for the Crosby one, but that's because of Crosby and Gensel, of course. But Hornfist's goals are never the dangle or the shot. It's just. A quick little snapshot or a quick little tip or being in the in the crease, picking up that rebound. If you, I think if he just does what he does best, he can score 25, 40 points right there. And I think if you if he gets that for the next two, three years, the contract is good. What does he make? What, 5.3? That, that's Yeah. For what he brings to the team, he's he's more than just points. Yeah. So getting the points is just a bonus for me because uh, he's way – he's the heart and soul right now of the, of the Penguins with how, he, his, how much emotion he puts into it. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um so I think he'll have a good year too, um, and then I think um, from I think Tristan Jari is going to get a start in here too soon. So it'll be interesting to see how he he plays. I'm excited to see how he plays honestly because I think he'd be a better option than DeSmith. 
Um, I've always been a Jari fan, so I believe in what Mike Sullivan decides with, and we both have solid goaltenders. Uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't really look at the schedule though this week. Uh, I know they play obviously Winnipeg uh, on Tuesday. From there, I haven't really checked. We play so, the but, Ducks on Thursday, and then Minnesota right. on Saturday, and then Winnipeg again on Sunday. So he'd most likely be getting a start either Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, uh, because it's the first Penguins back to back, and it'll be interesting to see how they do this year. Because I know last year they struggled with back to back games. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you definitely put uh, Tristan Jari in one of those two games. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really, really rooting for Tristan Jari uh, because obviously I'm a fan, but also for Matt Murray because I don't want Murray to be playing those. I don't want to have to be forced to play Murray in those back to backs because we don't trust in the backup. That's just it's a it's a recipe for failure playing your starter uh, on back to backs or on playing him too much it just it's not it's not you can't do that anymore especially a player like murray too where he can get hurt very easily i mean i yeah that's true but it's also it's not it's not only getting hurt yeah even even carry price right you don't want to play carry price 70 games or whatever because then come playoff time he's burned you know frederick uh, freddie anderson for the least i think he's played the most uh and then you look what happens in the playoffs he I don't want to say that's the reason why, but the last three years or whatever, when they lost in the first round, uh, he's been he's been their MVP of the regular season, right? Like, carrying them because of how weak that defense is. They play him, what, 60, 65 games a year? Yeah. Come the playoffs, he has those weak games. Yeah, he, he keeps them in it, but he's, what if he played 50, 55 games? Maybe they're able to beat the Bruins one of these years. And obviously, I don't want to talk about the Leafs, but it goes with the Penguins, too. You don't want Murray playing 60, 65 games because you don't trust your backup. So that's why I, I really hope Tristan Jari yeah, perform well. Too, I, think, you, I think he If you should. look down that schedule, it makes sense that he plays Sunday because the Wednesday the Penguins are playing the Avalanche, which is going to be a good team. Then Friday you put Jari in, and then you put Murray in against when Vegas comes to town. Um, and that's yeah. going to be a back-to-back game. So it'll be interesting. I think Jari's going to do well. I don't think he's going to put up the numbers Casey DeSmith did last year, though. Um, he might. He might, he though. Might. You never know. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's how you got to play him. So yeah, exactly. Find God. And that's so. the thing. I don't want to just play him on the back-to-back either. He should definitely get games. He, yeah, and hopefully he, he proves it in the yeah, if he proves himself, he, he should, should get games where they play and there's no back to back. Yeah, he should get teams that where we play um, decent teams, and we're playing Tampa too, soon coming out. So it's gonna be a stretch of good games, and then uh, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I'm excited to see Tristan Jari play, hands down, and I'm 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 hoping Brian Russ comes back soon too, because I feel like him getting back in the lineup and getting going too. I'll add another piece that the Penguins have been missing, and then. Oh, and that's another thing I, I've been wanting to bring up. Uh, I, I just realized you're, you're like you said, Brian Rust. Uh, I had a thought yesterday. What if you? Because how long is he going to be out for? Right, I think longer term, not too long, but he's not going to be back this week or anything, right? No, I was I thinking, think what if the Penguins really take weeks. off, right? If so a couple think, weeks, yeah, that's whatever, right? I think, like, uh, yeah. What you're saying, I think. Oh, if, we keep interrupting. If, if the Penguins take off, I think. What you're saying yeah. is, is it worth that we we maybe try to trade Rust for something? Well, yeah, that's Where, what I was going to say. But let's say, yeah, exactly that. But I was going to say, do you, you think about trading him? Because what if, you know, he feels left out? Not feels left out like in, the, in a personal way. But I'm saying, uh, what if, uh, like, he comes back in the lineup and he just doesn't find any chemistry with anybody? Because I'm not going to lie, I really like that fourth line. I tweeted about it yesterday. Uh, I love that fourth line. And I think if you slide in Rust in there, yeah, he can – fill the role just as good as Dominic Ahoon or Zach Aston-Reese. But I really like what I saw in that fourth line. I would like Russ to maybe get a third-line role or a second-line role or but even on the, the first line. But then on the third line, who would you replace if it's McCann, uh, Bukestad, exactly, that's what I'm and saying. Hornquist? Like, like that's what so I'm trying to say. It's, it's... And it goes back to what we were saying in the offseason. Uh, Tanev and Rust are the same type of players, so you got to keep one of them. And Obviously, you're not trading Tanev because you just signed him to the six And years. I think Tanev so is... I think is, right now he's playing good. I don't mind him. I, yeah, I think he's a has the potential to be a better player than Rust. Rust can we have seen Rust be a very good player for the Penguins. Also, too, if you look at Rust's contract, trading him away could start to free up because the Penguins next summer are going to be making moves regardless, and people are going to be leaving yes, regardless. Exactly. So you could get a jump start on that. Maybe sign Marcus yeah, Patterson. Down the year, like it's... oh, you got to sign Jared McCann. You don't want Jared McCann to have you know, fifty-five points, thirty goals. That's true. You got to sign, and then somebody. you have to pay him five. I mean, we got to sign Galchenyuk. You know, I would love for them to get a mid-season contract. 
we got to sign Galchenyuk too. So that's going to be interesting too to see what the Penguins look like as a team come towards the trade deadline, what's going to be going on there. Because if they're struggling, I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Rutherford clears house. If we're doing good, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I, I would not he, be surprised at all. I think he makes trades to get us some draft picks and get us under the salary cap, uh, get us so that we can re-sign and retool for next year. But that's a couple yeah, months I down agree. the road. We're not going to talk about it because I don't think the I think the Penguins this year. I have a good feeling about this Penguins team this year. Um, I do too, really. Like I really like how they look, but. Back to the, that wrestling where we're not going to talk about trades from now. Yeah. Game number two. But the Penguins need to, they're going to do something this year. No matter how good or bad they do, they're going to make a trade or two this year because you can't just blindly go into July 1st with uh, all those UFAs and RFAs you have because the Penguins don't have enough cap for that. So if they can't find a part, uh, a trading partner for Jack Johnson, Good Branson, uh, because you know those are the smartest players to move right now who may combine what is it, $7 million? So Something a guy like, like Brian Russ, he, he he definitely he definitely has value. Brian Russ is a good player. Don't get me wrong. I love Russ. If we could keep Russ, I want to keep him. But if you've got a guy like Tanev, they pretty much have the same contract. Tanev just has, I think, four more years or whatever. But That's... the same price. They do the same type of role. And obviously, you want to keep Russ if you go into a and if you if you go to playoff run, you, uh, Brian Russ is the guy you want on your team, you, part of the depth. And I could see this happening right here. You go into the, the playoffs with a guy like Brian Rust. Either you healthy scratch him, fourth line, and then if an injury comes, he can easily jump on the in the top six. He's done it before. A fun fact, when the Penguins won the Cup in 2016, I believe it was with Malkin, and when they won in 2017, I believe he played a lot of the games with Gensel and Crosby. I remember the Game 7 against Washington. He was The goal he scored was assisted by them. But I could definitely see him going in the, in the lineup, whatever. They go into the playoff run, and if they lose or whatever happens, they move him at the at the draft or something because they're going to need to sign like you said Galchenyuk I think uh, McCann they have they have Matt Murray we didn't mention we have, they have Dominic Cahoon I believe uh, and then uh, Justin Schultz oh they have a, uh, a bunch a bunch of, uh, of UFAs and RFAs yeah Marcus Patterson you, you need to do something and, and that contract of Brian Russ 3.5 that can easily go to maybe a guy like Jared McCann that'd be an underpay a guy like Marcus Patterson I don't think he gets that much Schultz right like one of these players is going to get Brian Russ's contract and that's where you ask the question would you rather have Rust getting that contract or a guy like McCann or a guy like, I don't think Galchenyuk gets that low, but you got you get what I'm saying, right? Like someone has to go both to make room for these, these, uh, these new contracts that are going to come Jim in next Rutherford year, right? And, pulls off. and we're going to lose some players too, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be, this year's going to be really interesting as a Penguins fan, right? From the trade deadline to the draft to the free agency, it's something where the Penguins really want to pay attention here because um, there's going to be moves whether they're good or bad there's going to be moves because there's so many players on expiring deals yeah I mean another hypothetical move that could happen is that you use Rust and you, you move use the Jack Johnson or uh, Gabranson trade as a sweetener that like would be really good like we said we're not going to talk about it now because hopefully it doesn't come down that hopefully we can win a cup of freaking Jack Johnson on the roster can you imagine that make Jim Rutherford look like even more of a genius but um, and, and you know what would happen, right? Jack Johnson would have some sort of a big role in that cup run. Right? It just—it's not. That's how it would be. Yeah. It's how it, it always is. Ben Lovejoy. We, we Ben Lovejoy was like the Jack Johnson of 2016 for me, at least the way I would like shit on him. But then as soon as the playoffs came around, how good was he? He was so stellar. Yeah. And you know they got to see a cup with Ben Lovejoy, so I could see it happening with Jack Johnson, where he just turns the switch and has a solid two months of hockey. I mean, starting also, also, I would love that. Also, too, he wasn't that bad in the playoffs, too. Like if you think about it, really, he wasn't one of the issues that with the penguins that playoffs he had he played, yeah i'll agree he played some solid hockey like i was actually decently surprised it's more, yeah jack johnson was good it was more of a player like letang where it's if letang if you come down the season and the penguins are struggling and he's doing these stupid turnovers do you trade a player like letang where you could get a lot and you could add a jack johnson or Gabranson in there too that's a big, get big some uh, picks. That that'd be obviously a big blow up. But it's like if Chris Letang, what you just said that would make a lot of people happy, right? Because a lot of people don't like Chris Letang, right? I get DMs, people saying fifty eight, get rid of him on these turnovers, and I'm like, listen, well, right? The, it it the, goes both ways. The turnovers too. Some of the turnovers he's making, it, he's an elite defenseman in this league. He should not be making them. They are. I agree. Some horrific tor- turnovers and stuff. It's just. 
it'll be interesting to see. I think Latang is going to have a decent season too if he stays healthy. On my yeah. roster too, is it worth? Because obviously we know the Penguins can win cups without Latang. We've done it. It's not really a question. We win hockey games without Latang. So if it's it's going to be interesting. But. It's definitely something. I don't. I would say no to it. Uh, I don't know. When people bring up that point that they can win cups without Latang, you got to look at that cup run. What, what went right for the Penguins? A lot went right. If you do that, tw- I say this all the time. If you do that 2017 cup run over 10 times, you only win once. You only, it goes. You go nine of 10 of failing, and that one you win just happened to be the one the Penguins got. Just I don't want you. You don't want to call a team lucky, but you need luck obviously to win a cup. But a lot went right for the Penguins that year. Great goaltending. Uh, remember the the Peng- This is the thing with the Penguins. They were very just looking at how they played. They were very bad the way they were playing compared to 2016. The, 2016 they dominated. They would win games and you felt like wow, what a win! Like you dominated that game. If you look at so many games where the Penguins were just hanging by a thread in the game and then. Because they were so good offensively, so so much firepower. And what I'm thinking of right now, prime example, game one versus Nashville. What was it, 37 minutes without a shot? Uh, Murray kept them in the game. They ended up coming back out of nowhere. First shot in 30, 37 minutes. Jake Ansel comes the other way, snipes it on Peck Arena. You win the game, right? The Penguins didn't have games like that in 2016. And it was a big reason why is because Chris Letang is a big part of it. Yes, yeah. he, he does turn over the puck. Chris Letang, you're not going to... That's something... That's Chris Letang, right? Great offensively, great defensively, don't get me wrong, but he'll always have that questionable uh, pinch or stupid turnover. And honestly, I think a lot of defensemen have that questionable turn. Ever Carlson has that, not as much, but he's got those questionable turnovers, well, they questionable all pinches. They're all human. But we don't talk about it because it's, yeah. it's Eric freaking Carlson, right? But I us mean, Penguins fans, we're going to mention it. I don't watch 82 Sharks games, nor do I plan on it, so it's like... Yeah, neither do I. Um, and that's the thing before you say anything us other team other fans of the teams we just watch Carlson once twice maybe three times a year maybe four if you're in the division so or any of these good players so I'm sure Sharks fans will tell you the the bad of Carlson I'm sure they'll tell you the bad of all their players just like we're saying I'm sure the people that watch Chris Letang probably think he's a great defenseman guys like I don't know like Montreal Canadian fans or whoever you know those guys because they they watch them they don't have a good defenseman exactly they watch him also twice a year and they'll probably just the only times they'll watch him is during the highlights just like the only time I see Carlson is on the highlights when he does something good so I think in my head wow this is probably the best defenseman in the league or close to it right Victor Hedman we don't get this I don't watch many Cavs games right so I don't I just watch them when they play the Penguins, and all I see from all these guys is the highlights that we always see. So I'm here. I'll tell you that Victor Hedman is probably the best defenseman in the league, but I don't know if he does those turnovers like Latang because I don't watch him like I do with Latang. Same yeah. with all the other Penguins fans. But I'm sure Tampa fans will tell you, oh, yeah, Hedman is great, but he'll have the turnover here and there, the bad pinch, right? So it, it's something that all fan bases have, right? Because you get to watch a team 82 games a year. Yeah. And what the Tampa fans really have to complain about? Except for, <laughs> well, they have a lot to except complain about. Except for the no playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Well, we won't talk about Eastern Conference Finals Game 6. That's a Sidney Crosby goal. Um, but so on other news too, I don't, we don't, I don't really see us having a lo- as long of an episode as we did last time. I don't think we can beat uh, an hour episode. No, um, yeah. no, need, no need for that. Um <laughs> But some other news, too. Uh, if you live under a rock, um, the NHL pen or Penn's Instagram is back. Dimitri is back at his full glory. Um, <laughs> it's going to be InstaPens. You know, hit 1,000 followers in the first day. Not a big deal. I told him it would. You did. You texted me. Yeah, I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I thought you were crazy when you, when you said. I thought the most it was gonna get was like four hundred, maybe five, if I was lucky. And when you told me a thousand, I'm like, yeah, you're crazy. And then when it was like at eight, it went to eight hundred in two hours. Away, it's like, gonna oh be ten k by Christmas time. You're and crazy. There's no way. It's going to be the most followed Instagram page by next season again on the nah. for the Penguins. There's mark no way. My, <laughs> mark my words. I hope. Um, but other news too, uh, we're going to bring back your questions now. Um, we're going to be pulling them primarily from the, um, Instagram page. Um, and then also too, we're going to be posting, uh, Dimitri's going to post some polls to see if you guys want some podcast, um, related posts too. So just let us know there too. And hopefully more too, more of you guys 
that will be able to be listening to um, t- listening to the podcast. Um, but yeah, so let's get into some fan questions for the first time this year. If t- you want to pull them up on the Instagram, um, and then y- you can read them off this time. Yeah, I, this time it's my job to do this. All right, so first question. Marino. So obviously he hasn't played a game, but he is sticking on the roster. Penguins are currently carrying nine defensemen. So she's asking us, what are our thoughts? Is he going to get a game in? And uh, we'd like to hear, what do you have to say about that? I think yes. Um, just because I was stupid and I thought he was playing opening night. Because when he came out dressed like Recall, I thought he was oh, yeah. playing. So it was a bit embarrassing on my part. Yes, I think he'll get a game. It depends on when. Because Hopefully Mike Sullivan plays it a bit differently on like the Daniel Sprong situation, but I guess we won that trade and Daniel Sprong actually sucks at hockey. <laughs> but um, I think he'll get a game. I think he'll get a couple games. I think, honestly, my prediction, I think in a month and a half, Latang's going to get some sort of little injury, and um, I think he'll get, get up in the lineup then, and then hopefully he'll beat out Jack Johnson. That's my prediction. Bold prediction. That's a that's a very bold prediction. But I, I agree, though. I think he'll definitely get games. And it's weird. Why are they carrying not Tenson on the roster? Or maybe a trade is still coming. I don't know. Let's not talk about the trades now. But I agree. Uh, Marino, he's a guy you need to watch out for. Uh, right? He's only, I believe, 22 years old. Def- right-handed defenseman. If a guy like Latang or Schultz go down, and then you look at the right side, you're not really too stacked there. Besides, obviously, I'm saying if one of those guys go down, uh, you know, you have depth on the left side. If Dumoulin goes down, you got Pedersen, you got you know, Jack Johnson, who's not the greatest, but you can put him there. Like he's played with on, in the top four. Uh, but John Marino, he can definitely take a Schultz's role, the Tang's role for a, an extended amount of games if they go down. And I feel like he'd do a good job at it because this guy in college was great. In the preseason, he looked like he belonged here. So he may be a guy that if you put in, it'll be tough to take him out when the guy gets healthy because I think he'll. That's the thing. Mike Sullivan better watch out when he puts him in because I feel like if he, like I said, if he goes in. You'll look stupid taking him out unless he's not that good and he needs another year, maybe. Because I definitely think if you're not going to play him in the NHL, bring him down to the AHL. He doesn't go through waivers, I believe. Yeah, no, he doesn't go through waivers. Some games. Give him top two ice time in the AHL, but there definitely is a plan for him right now if they still have him on the roster. So, yeah, so now on to the next question. Uh, I really like this question here. Very hot topic here. What do you think of Simo on the first line? Dominic Simo. Every, uh, there's so much hate on him, and there's so much guys that actually like him. I think it's – I think it's – I'm excited for it, hands down. I'm a Dominic Simone fan, so I think everybody that hates on Simone, you're an idiot. Just shut up. That's how I, fe- that's how I feel about it, honestly. I feel like he's a good – He's good. He's he, he's a, a very underrated player in the league, to say the least. Very. So. Yeah, and I saw a stat. When was it? it was yesterday. I saw a stat, and it showed uh, goals per uh, sixty or whatever uh, with everybody that's played on the Crosby Gensel line, and they showed Rust. It was around three something. Uh, Hornquist, whoever has played with them, it was in the threes, whatever, right? And then you look at Dominic Simone. Obviously, less games, but it was almost doubled goals per 60 or whatever. So, obviously, uh, the, the main thing for him is, oh, but he doesn't finish. Ah, oh, this, that. But uh, Dominic Simo right here, he helps Crosby and Gensel, whether you like it or not. Or not, helps him, but helps the line. And it showed him versus Buffalo. Uh, he didn't... I, I think the best way to describe Dominic Simo, look back at that. I believe it was the second goal, Marcus Pedersen. Uh, Dominic Simo completely carries uh, the puck in the zone by himself. He doesn't do... He kind of almost dangles the defenseman, brings it in the corner, gives it to Crosby, and that's where Crosby takes it, does his thing, and gives it to Pedersen for the goal. I don't think he got credited with an assist on that uh, play. And then you look at the game, oh, wow, he didn't get any points, but he created that second goal. He does a lot of little plays that will lead to goals, but he won't get any any points for it because it's a little stick lift, a little, you know, bringing the puck in yourself and, you know, a little puck battle in the corner. And then we'll just look at him missing the open net or whatever, missing a good chance and, you know, shooting on the goalie's chest or whatever. And then we'll, we'll say, oh, he can't finish. But let's say even if he can't finish, at least he knows how to start plays, right? He could start plays without giving, uh, getting his name on the, uh, on the stat sheet. He, he does yeah. so many good little things. 
And I, I get why you would hate him because he gets playing. Maybe you want to see someone else play on that first line, but hey, he gets the job done. Yeah, I agree with you. The hate with Simone is it's just it's 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 out of uh, out of line. Why are you hating on Dominic? Yeah. It's not it's not like he gets paid four million dollars, right? If you're paying him four million dollars, right, he should definitely be, you, there's definitely his hate there. Just like Jack Johnson, we hate the guy because we don't like the or not hate the guy. We hate the play uh, the player because. Look at the contract he has. If you're not going to play like what your contract is, we're going to hate on you. And that's Dominic Simon, I believe, makes what seven hundred k, eight hundred k. Anything he does is a bonus. He's not. He was drafted in the fifth round like three years ago. He should have not made the NHL based off where he was drafted, and he did. So anything at this point, it's well, a bonus. Unlike Jack so Johnson, you can't hate on the guy. Dominic Simone's actually a good player. Jack Johnson does no, no business in being in the NHL whatsoever anymore. So it's. It's, I don't know, the whole Dominic Simone thing. Hopefully one day he'll prove people wrong and have like a 60-goal season or something crazy like that. Imagine um, that. <laughs> yeah, that, that shut everybody up. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think I think he'll be solid. I think I like that chemistry with Gensel. Compliments speed with skill, definitely. And that's a good combination to have for that cross yeah. first line. All right, so on to the – how many more questions do you want to do here? I got maybe one or two more. Let's do a couple more, yeah. yeah let's do two more. So the next one I have here, uh, let's do here. Do you think the Pens will re-sign Chucky after the season, Alex Galchenyuk? Uh, that's a difficult one just because if – gosh. Um, I say – it it really depends on what we get done with the signings during the season. If we don't have players like McCann, Schultz, Murray, and Pedersen locked up, I don't see Galchenia coming back. Which is sucks to say, but the Penguins just don't have the cap space because we have $7 million wrapped up in two defensemen that have no business taking up that much cap space. It's... It's gonna be interesting to see. Um, I honestly, I hope we do because I feel like he's gonna be a good player, and especially with playing with superstars like Crosby and Malkin, I think he'll be back producing good numbers. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see what what really happens. Um, yeah. It, it all comes down to really what Jim Rutherford gets done during the season signing wise exactly yeah but yeah as I was about to say he doesn't have the the luxury of you know being an RFA and giving Jim Rutherford the time to sign him maybe July late July August even September maybe miss a few times next year like William Nylander did last year right he doesn't have that luxury because he's a UFA so you gotta get something done by July 1st or before July 1st because if not, he's gonna go elsewhere. And let me tell you, teams will over. If he goes to July first, teams will overpay if he has a good year this year. Uh, you're not gonna get him for cheaper of what he makes right now. Four point nine is what he's making now. You're not gonna get him for cheaper or the same price. Or you uh, hope, you're gonna have to pay five mil. Or I mean, you hope you he hope. has a career year and he loves playing in Pittsburgh so much that he'll take like a Marcus Pedersen bridge contact contract for a year. You never know, but that's so slim. That's a possibility. That's. But that's I could definitely see the the Penguins. Giving Galchenyuk a bridge because only pe- not to prove if he can do it again, only for the cap. Because I because, think if you go long term and he has a good gives, year, that gives Jack Jim Rutherford yeah. more time to get rid of the trash that's in the roster. Exactly. Right now. And honestly, gives too, more time. he needs to figure that out. If the Penguins have another bad year too, and they're still on the roster starting next season, there's no holding back. I'd say if the Penguins do really bad in the playoffs. It's gonna be a time where I know Mario's gonna ownership's gonna start wanting to shuffle the pieces around, um, mm, and that, that's a good point. That's could be a time a lot closer than we expect. If they have a really bad start of the season this year and they don't pick it up, don't be surprised if some of those pieces are changing. But it, because mostly because of two, looking back at it, that the Penguins 
are gonna if they suck this year, looking they can't sign some of their best players because Jim Rutherford overplayed for these players that have no business on making these money, this money. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's definitely I'd say it's going to be a big off season. Definitely week. huge. Off. Even like the Penguins could win the cup, and this is going to be such a big off season. It's going to be the first time a team wins the cup and makes all these moves because they got to do something. As you were saying, I could definitely see uh, a, a bridge deal being for Galchenyuk. That might be the best option. You, you can go three years. That's only, what, that's just, only just below six. That's only if, though, he wants to do something like that. I it, think he would. I think he would, I'm, too, because honestly. Because I don't know. Honestly, my way is that, is that you give Crosby you give Crosby one year to play with them, you have a good season, you want to come back and play, you take the less money, you play another year, you have a good year, they have more cap space, then you get paid. So Exactly. It'll be interesting to see. So my answer for right now, I'm going to say yes, that we're going to get Galchenyuk because um, I just have that feeling. Um, and then yeah. we can de- we'll definitely go back to this question. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, we're going to get this question a bunch of times yeah. as we get closer to the deadline. Uh, but uh, my final answer, I'm going to say yes uh, as well, mainly because you have to uh, see where he came from. Right, This is part of the Kessel trade. I think it's going to be higher up on uh, Jim Rutherford's priority list to get Galchenyuk signed because if you let him go for nothing, then we'll come back a year from now and look at, well, look, you trade away a, a point-per-game player and all you got back was a, a prospect defenseman, which who's going to be good, but that's all you got back. But I think Galchenyuk is definitely going to be on Jim Rutherford's uh, priority list because he needs to... If, if you keep Galchenyuk, I think the Kessel trade doesn't look as bad. And I wouldn't be either. surprised, too, if Jim Rutherford pulls off some trade where he gets rid of either Jack Johnson or Gerb Branson or both. Then he sign, and then he takes up most of the cast with Galchenyuk, and then we have no room to sign anybody else. I'd much rather have players like McCann, Schultz, and Pedersen, and Murray resigned than sacrificing one of those guys for Galchenyuk. Yeah, I agree. Especially so yeah, Galchenyuk. I think the Penguins will for right now, October or whatever sixth. As of right now, I think yes. But listen, it's a long way. Yeah. And again, let's say let's say wait. Let's let's put this into spe- uh, speculation or whatever. Let's say Galchenyuk is having an off year come the deadline. Do you look at flipping him for a guy who's less skilled but might be a better fit and has more years on the contract? Kind of like Carl Hagelin in 2015 when you trade Perron, who's having a terrible year, one year left. And you get a guy who had, I believe, three years at the same type of yeah. contract. You look at doing that with a guy like Galchenyuk. Yeah, I th- I think that 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 would be something that could be a possibility too. Um, it definitely is. There's so many possibilities yeah. for Jim Rutherford. So let's get let's get to the final question of the night. Yeah, the final question. Let let's we got to come back to uh, the Penguins here. And the the this guy asks, where do you think they're going to finish in the in the playoffs? Pretty much asking. First, where do we finish in the in the standings, and how far do you see us uh, where the Penguins can go? Do they win a cup, third on exit? Standings, that's going to be a difficult one. The Metro is going to be good this year. Very good, very it's, balanced. It's going to be a dogfight, and if the playoffs started today, the Penguins wouldn't be in the playoffs. Um, so, Carolina's 3-0, Washington's 2-0-1. The Rangers are two and zero, and then the other two wild card teams are um, Boston and Montreal. Philadelphia is above us right now, but they've only had one. It's going to be interesting. I don't see Philadelphia staying fourth, second spot away from the wild card. I don't see the Islanders staying up there. The Devils, with how they just lost horribly. I don't see the Devils being a playoff team this year, and I don't see Columbus being a playoff team this year. They don't have goaltending. They're they're pretty bad. Um, the Rangers, I could see... I think the Penguins will finish top three in the Metro. Um, it'll just be a matter of where Carolina and Washington finish, because I think Carolina and Washington have a better season than Pittsburgh. Um, so it'll be interesting to uh, say the least right now. But it's also so early, so it'll be interesting to uh, to see. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, I think 
The Devils are a weird team. I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not going to judge them on their first game, obviously. Anything can happen. I think the Devils are going to be uh, just getting better as the year goes on. I don't think they're going to have a good start. You know, Jack Hughes being a rookie getting to the league. I don't think he's going to start off as dominant as former first round or first overall picks. But I think he's going to have a good end to the year. Just uh, This is just a gut feeling. It has nothing with no stats, no facts, just me saying it. Uh, yeah, the only team I could say that I'm confident in being terrible, like you said, is Columbus. Uh, they're just going to be terrible, right? Like yeah. They barely made the playoffs last year with all those studs they're not gonna come close unless they have some kind of magical vegas type story and another thing too with the Sorry, penguins uh so i think top three down and i, I want to be uh, hopeful and say the penguins but i wouldn't be surprised if the penguins have to go through a wild card spot and even if they have a great year uh kind of like in 2017 columbus finished with like what 100 and something points and still finished in the in the, I believe they were like third place, and the Rangers were who had a great year that year. They they finished fourth, so they were our first uh, wild card team. But they were technically they were the favorites in that run. I believe they played the Montreal Canadiens, who were first in their division. But the Rangers had more points than them, and uh, that's just how. First of all, the playoff format is very stupid, but that's a topic for another day. But I think it's going to be another situation uh, like that where the Penguins are going to be either if they finish fourth or whoever does finish fourth, uh, first wild card spot is going to be really, really good. They're not finishing in the first wild card because, you know, they're, they're fighting to make the playoffs. They're just so, so good, along with the other top three teams in the Metro. Same goes yeah. with, you know, the East is very stacked this year. The East is very... The Atlantic can happen the same thing with them. The only, right? yeah, the only team I can see coming out of the West is probably Vegas or Colorado at this point. But we're not talking about the West right now. Um, I'm on also, too, with these early games, it really depends on... If the Penguins lose a bunch, then they fall. Carolina's already got six points. The Penguins got two. So they're five points from Carolina. So it's really if they really need to win these early games. That's what really matters. Um, but, yeah, and then come playoff time, if the Penguins played like they did Tuesday or Thursday, they play well. Definitely see us being a Stanley Cup team if we played like we did the first game of the season. Just get the first round over with as quickly as possible. We're not gonna do do well. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I I mean, looking at the standings now is very pointless. I mean, I, I don't even check the standings until like January. So yeah, I, only I think the, just, this these just, yeah just for the for the question. Yeah. But these type of questions, I think I think for next time we'll. We won't really answer them as much. I think, remember the last few podcasts of the regular season last year? We were answering these questions every podcast because it actually mattered. Every podcast we would uh, do, everything would change. Like, there would be one one day would be the Penguins fighting for a spot. The next podcast, they'd be in the comfortable in the spot. So, it's it's very, uh, it changes a bunch from, we'll say, February, pretty much after the deadline in yeah. August when it really matters. Now, it's, you know, you're, you're, if you're not in the, in the playoffs, like, I don't even care where the Penguins are right now. As long as they just win games, they can be first place, last place. It doesn't matter because anything can happen. If you're like what? If you're last place by uh, by January, then you definitely you're not making the playoffs unless you have a miracle. Uh, so that's why I just play good enough. And by the time January comes, and you're, you're if you're in a top three spot in January, the the likelihood of you making the playoffs is high, unless you completely just fall off. Right? Yeah. Like there's no reason why you should not make the playoffs if you're a top three team by January. But you know, I, th- but these. This is another thing. These wins matter. If you need to win these games because you might miss out on the playoffs by, we'll say, three points. And then you'll look back at the Buffalo loss. Let's say they lose this week a few games that they could have won. Right? You'll look back at those and be like, wow, if you won those games, you would have been in the playoffs. It always goes like that for every team that just misses out. So you don't want to be one of those teams. Uh, I fear the Penguins, of course. You know. Yeah. So that's the last question that we got from you guys. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Another solid, almost 50-minute episode. Um, so like I said, um, we'll let us, Dimitri will be posting polls for the next couple of days. Make sure to fill them out. Uh, this podcast will be out Tuesday at, uh, around noon and then the Penguins will be playing, um, we'll be playing Tuesday night and then we'll be releasing another podcast Friday afternoon. So I think the schedule we're going to try to hit is, uh, Tuesday, Friday, just so that we can get two games in during the week and then a game in the weekend or so-so. Uh, but we'll let you guys know. We'll come up with more structured schedule for next week or for next um, uh, week. So 
Thank you guys so much for listening again. As always, uh, thank you guys for following the Instapens, uh Instagram account, which will be at 10K followers in about two months. Um, so <laughs> very excited for that. Um, but as always, let's... Oh, wait, before I wrap it up, too, I'm. what do you think about the new goal song? It's not pretty oh, wow. hard anymore. <laughs> We were really about you're two words away from ending it. I was, it. I was back really about to end it, but then that just like popped up in my head. So, listen, quick thoughts on it because we're about to wrap it up. I'm gonna say I don't really care. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna be real right here. I don't care. Uh, Party Hard was cool. I liked it because you know why? It, it for me when I hear Party Hard, it's the Penguins winning the cups, right? But yeah. look, I also liked all the players they had during the cup runs. You gotta move on sometimes, and I don't want to just have Party Hard because we have got the cups with them. Like I think a change is good. You need to change. Just yeah. like bringing this Instagram account, right? NHL Pens used to be my name. Now it's InstaPens. A lot of people are asking me, why aren't you sticking with NHL Pens, that name there? It's time to change it up, right? No because, matter how good because certain things were, you want to change it up. You can't use those words in an account because like they're like banned off <laughs> the face of the planet. Yeah. Like, you they delete no those the names. But, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, that too. But also, for, <laughs> you need a, a, a change. I'll make sure, too, that if you haven't heard the goal song, that's what you'll be listening to before you listen to the podcast and at the end. So we're actually <laughs> going to wrap this up for real now. So thank Well, final you thing, I'll, I will say this. Also, I will say this. Honestly, I didn't even realize until people started singing it. Because when, when the Penguins either. score, I'm not listening to the goal song. I'm listening to them, the goal, the announcers announcing the goal. I, I completely forget to hear the song. Plus, the fans are loud. It's like yeah. I completely didn't realize it until people just started flooding my DMs with outrage i'm like yo calm down guys right i can get the outrage it's like it's like what can i do about it but (laughs) all right so all right right, so this time we're actually done Um, yeah thank you guys so much for listening uh we'll be up soundcloud itunes the whole nine yards um let us know if you want it on instagram too uh we're looking forward to having an instagram account that hopefully doesn't get taken down knock on wood um and being able to use that too so uh, thank you guys so much for listening again. We are hoping that we get better every single day. Send us a DM um, some with some feedback. And as always, let's go. Pens.